welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest is someone i've been i think this has been three years in the making since 2019 i've been trying to get this to happen and then you're just so busy you had the retreats <laughs> yoga every day and then covid happened and now i'm like okay wait i can do this virtual thing let's make it happen so stephanie winters thanks so much for coming on the show today Oh, thank you for having me. I know it's been a long time. We did that that first little shoot test thing in Bedford. Yeah, you're probably right. It's three years yep. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. So let's, you know, I'm just before we go way back, let's go like just to last year, uh, February, you know, so I think you usually like put up a post about the yoga retreat happening, like just as winter is winding down. And, you know, it was kind of getting to that time, COVID hit, what happened? How did you handle that? Yeah, um, we were supposed to go to Honduras. Uh, we had it all booked full, you know, more than 20 people. And, and then COVID happened uh, <laughs> and all the studios got shut down. So that was pretty scary right away. You know, when it, it kind of all happened over the course of a weekend, I remember on a Friday talking to my at the time manager and friend, Emily, and, and we were talking about how we were going to deal with COVID in the studios. And, you know, they were, we were spraying down the bolsters with the blocks and the mats with all of this disinfectant. I was just watching it and watching the, <laughs> I was watching the mist of the spray land on the bolster and like not really coat it or cover it. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> and, and, and then by Monday, just like, you know, everyone was super scared and closing down. And, and that was when we decided or the, the studio decided to make the call to shut down. So um, mm. I remember posting on my Instagram to my students and followers just being like, not really understanding what was going on and, and being like, I can take small groups in my basement. If anyone wants to still practice with me, I'm going to be really bored. <laughs> I usually teach like 20 classes a week. Uh, mm. So someone responded and said, could you do some online classes? Could you post some online classes? So that was kind of where it all started. Mm. So, you know, what I like about your classes is this evolution. And it's, you know, like, like you can actually study it as a class because you started like with phones and now you have this platform now. Walk me through that. Walk you through it. Um, okay. Well, mm -hmm. when the first person said, you know, you should put it up online, I had no idea. I don't, I don't think I had ever done even a Facebook or Instagram live. I might have done like, you know, a one minute one or something. I'm not sure, but I don't think I had. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to figure that out. And I posted that I was going to do it, that I started a, a separate like private um, Instagram account and mm -hmm. asked people if they wanted to do it. And I think within the first day I had 90 people sign up and wow. send me e-transfers. <laughs> so that wow. was what I was doing in the beginning, just accepting e-transfers and, yeah. and uh, putting everyone on my private page. And then I did my first live the next day. Um, mm -hmm. So I started just doing Facebook Live, or sorry, Instagram Lives. And uh, so it would stay up for 24 hours and then it would uh, fall off. And the classes were just kind of disappearing. And someone, mm. someone was like, are you doing all that work and not recording those classes in another way? Like, yeah. and I was like, Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Um, 
<laughs> so then I went out and bought like a super, I asked a whole bunch of video people. I, I have um, some contacts in my Instagram and stuff, people who do video. And I asked them sort of what I should buy. And the mm. problem is, is that I need an hour long clip, right? If I'm t recording an hour long classes. So I couldn't really go with, cause I had no video editing skills at the time period. Um, so I couldn't really go with like a GoPro or like a, a nice, I have a nice camera, I have a Canon, like a really nice Canon. It would only do a uh, half an hour minutes. clips at a time, yeah. right? Or something yeah. like that, 35 minutes or something. So I bought a camcorder is like 230 bucks <laughs> and it works beautifully i've been using it the entire year i have all of my classes now saved on hard drives like 500 and some of them and they're all posted on on my new site as well so instagram did work really well until um you know with glitches obviously here and there as mm -hmm. probably everyone experiences with with insta lately but uh, it worked really well until about a couple of months ago it started mm -hmm trying to lock me out of my account all the time. I just noticed there's been a lot of changes with Instagram lately and mm. they don't like it when you have two accounts joined and you switch back and forth between the two a lot. So it kept Ooh. locking me out of my account, which was giving me mini heart attacks like every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had actually purchased this online platform back in June when I started it, but I never switched everything over because the small problem with the online platform and they are figuring it out is that there's no actual internal communication. Um, so I can't talk to my students within it. Oh. Like they can't, they can't comment on the classes or whatever. So it kind of takes away that community element. Um, mm. They are working on that and it is coming, but that was why I hesitated for so long to switch over. Um, so I had mm. it, I had it purchased and it was quite a large sum of money um, in June and I didn't actually make the full switch over until January of this year. So last year. Is it like a monthly thing or, or um, how, how I do pay you pay for it? I pay for it for a year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then students pay for it yearly or monthly, but uh, okay. it's, it's much much less stressful to me now because <laughs> it's not not the threat that I'm going to not be able to get into my account or it's going to get shut down for no reason. Yeah. Um, so so that's nice. So now I'm on there. <laughs> I, I like um, well, so I'm a student. I how do I access it and what do I get? Um, so you can access it through either um, my website which is Stephanie Winters Yoga, or sorry, wintersyoga.com, just wintersyoga.com, or my Instagram, which is Stephanie Winters Yoga. So the the link is there to go to, it's actually called Namastream. So it's a site that tons and tons of other yoga studios use. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you can go, to, like I said, through my Instagram or my website to find me because the URL is just kind of confusing and long. But the, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, <laughs> the students, uh, they get um, the 500 class and growing library, which is already there. So, oh, so I can go back, you know, whatever. Is it like categorized or is just like it is? A, yeah. So oh, there's, there's nice. lots of different tags. There's um, so the style would be tagged. So vinyasa, which would be like a flow class. Um, I do sort of back to basic series I did a slow and steady series so those are more for beginners uh, integration would be in there as well so there's three series that would be in there and then mm -hmm. I continue to post uh, regular flows and I do something called a ladder which oh, there are some students that really really like that it's sort of a little more challenging cardiovascular and then so they're all broken up into categories and I also do restorative and yin 
And then they're also broken up into time categories. So they go from oh. 10 minutes to an hour. There's like tons of selection for whatever you'd want. That's what the people that really love it. That seems to be what they really like is that they're not just going to a studio, showing up to a class and getting whatever the teacher wants to give them that day. Mm. They're getting what their body needs. So there's a description Wait. under the class. It tells you what you're going to work. With the 500 videos, is, is that it? Are you still creating stuff? No, I am still creating. So oh my God. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still releasing definitely one class Monday to Saturday to one Friday. Wait, wait, wait. And Is then, that every day? One class every day? At least one class a day. And then usually <sighs> there's another three to that a week. So there's so like ten <laughs> classes on how a week. I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> how do you create the classes though? Like, you know, what happens? Like, do you just like get a vibe or what? Well, I mean, I take a ton of inspiration from other teachers, so I I never sort of don't express that. I think I'm pretty clear about how many I often post in my stories about other teachers that are inspiring me and. I mean, I might not name it every single time a move comes from somewhere, but a lot of what I'm using has come from somewhere else. And I'm just kind of reweaving it in my own special way. I also mm -hmm. borrow from a lot of other movement disciplines. So not just yoga. Um, mm. I was a personal trainer first before a yogi. So that, that sort of strength and conditioning background informs my yoga teaching a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also bringing in a lot of like mobility and strength and just sort of body movements from other disciplines all the time. So mm. it's, it's been a real creative process for me. I think that I'm sure there will be a time when I sort of start to feel a little drier creatively, mm -hmm. <laughs> creatively with this all. But um, right now I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I'm still learning. I'm still creating. I'm still sort of every class usually kind of sparks something different and makes another connection for me. And, you know, I can go from that pose to here, I can add this in, or this makes sense with that, or we still need to work on strengthening this area of the body. I, you know, draw a lot from my own personal experiences of having some, some issues in my movement pattern and in my body um, that have been ongoing for a really long time. So I, mm -hmm. I like to try to kind of consider what my students might be um, dealing with physically mm -hmm. and, and kind of try to make sure that there's, like I said, something for everyone there. Mm. Wow. Wow. Over 500 <laughs> classes and you're still creating every day. That's just, and like, I mean, I guess it's good that you love it. So let's rewind, go way back. You mentioned just a couple of, uh, you know, just a while ago that you actually had a background strength training before you decided to switch to yoga. How did you get into strength training and what made you decide to start yoga too? Well, um, growing up, my parents were both uh, very heavily involved in strength training. Uh, both of them were bodybuilders who competed at one point in time. And oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I just grew up with a, a very like strong health and fitness background. I actually went to university for history and took eight years of university and <laughs> minored in English and majored in history. Um, oh, okay. And 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 then dropped out <laughs> abruptly and, and I had my son who is now 13 and then I started personal training because I was just like what do I love what can I pick up quickly right now and just sort of go with um mm. you know when he was going off to daycare and so that's where it started I started personal training and that was kind of hard 
on my body and like you're just going all day long, like hour after hour after hour, you're depending on people showing up. A lot of people do cancel for personal training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was frustrating me. So I was like, what else can I do? What else can I add to this? And um, I was just starting to practice yoga actually when I mm-hmm. got a full certification in teaching it. I think I, I was actually, I won't lie, I was teaching it before I was certified. <laughs> and uh, it's not technically illegal when you have a personal training certification. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was actually teaching before I even got certified. Um, and then I, I, I decided it would make more sense in my life because if a class is on a schedule, the class is going to run because someone's going to show up. So that was like limiting my frustration. And then also, Mm. you know, I got to be in my body. And then, of course, yoga um, then kind of got my heart because there's a whole lot more to it than just being in your body, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure you probably know. And it took me on a whole nother journey of self-discovery from there. So it's... uh, it's yeah, it's something I do really, really love, love offering, mm. love doing, love teaching, love exploring. What did that self-discovery journey involve for you? Uh-huh. Um, for me, to just letting go of uh, the lie that I wasn't worthy or lovable in my life. You know, that was that very first uh, training that we did. I did it in Hawaii with Baron Baptiste. And it was all about uh, discovering the lies that you tell about yourself to the world. So just getting to the bottom of how you see yourself, um, mm. where that might have come from, from childhood, you know, what experiences may have shaped that, and then just kind of trying to backtrack, unravel, reweave, understand your value, look at what you are good at and what you do offer to the world and then go mm. from there. Wow. And I mean, you offer a lot. So um, you did that training. How did you, I guess, you know, actually start coaching? Like, did you, did the place you were working as a personal trainer have like a yoga studio or what happened? Yeah. So in in the very beginning, I actually worked at the tower, which was where I was personal training. So um, my boss at the time, Sandra Jameson, asked if I wanted to teach yoga. And uh, that was where I started. So I I taught there. It was really kind of funny. I taught in the squash courts oh. <laughs> and I taught two, uh, two squash players. Actually, it was 6 a.m. My first class was a 6 a.m. class. I do not teach 6 a.m. anymore and never will again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wakes up that early. It was it was actually perfect because I didn't know what I was doing and they didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> None of them were yogis. So it was it was a really, really beautiful, like gentle way of like mm. learning how to teach yoga. And mm. uh and no one was, you know, really overly critical of me at the time. I didn't hurt anyone. So that's yeah. good. And then yeah. I um and then I I went to the Baron Baptiste training. I came back. I had trained before Baron with uh, this woman named Coily Marsh, who had been Baron's uh, right hand woman when he she's from Boston uh, when he was just starting out. So she was the one who told me to go train with Baron. And then when I got back, she had um, had connections with someone else in the city who where Baptiste Yoga was taught. So then I went and taught there for um, quite a few years. And then just started expanding out and teaching at other studios as well. Mm. Um, like, so you teach at studios. Was there a point where you thought, you know, I should start my own studio? Because, you know, you have all these people that love your teaching and always want, like, to come to your classes. 
did he ever get a point you were like okay i should just start my own studio you know winter's yoga whatever you want to call it um i've had lots of people ask me over the years if i was going to start my own studio and if i wanted to it was never a desire for me at that time like mm -hmm. i just it seemed like this huge huge job and it also, I've, I've heard lots of studio owners say, if you love yoga and you want to continue to teach yoga, don't open a studio because you <laughs> right, that, that's, that's not what they're doing, right? They might teach a class or two a week, but they're behind the scenes running the studio, making sure that people are showing up for classes, making sure people's accounts are sorted, you know? Uh, so I still kind of wrestle with that. It's still something that I think about. I don't know. My lifestyle is really pretty sweet right now <laughs> so but I mean, but you kind of have your own studio now though right i kind of do yeah i have an online studio right now so uh <laughs> you know i don't know like i don't know where this will go the potential i'm not closing any doors that's still something that i think about daily i won't lie but then i also think about how it's not something i want daily so i kind of bounce mm. back and forth um mm. i think that it would have to be something that i'd go into with someone else with someone else who's oh. you know i have noticed that i am more business-minded than i thought in this whole endeavor and that has really been opening up but i think that i would want someone who was even more business-minded than me yeah the person you know, that'll handle all the admin stuff and make sure all the yeah. numbers make sense yeah and i mean marketing and promotion and all, just everything right it's it's a it, people who own studios and do it well they they impress me it's it's a huge <laughs> huge lot of work and effort and i work from so i work with you know work with and for some really amazing ladies that do that so mm -hmm. it's it's really pretty impressive um so you know i mean there are people that you know have these crazy yoga practice right you know they do more than two times a week and and stuff but then they still go on the retreat like what is the advantage of going on a retreat is it like okay you're just in a cool place like honduras or you know somewhere down south when it's freaking cold here people who do yoga frequently fall in love with yoga. Like they fall in love with what yoga offers them. Um, a retreat is immersive, you know? It's, you know, you're going away, yes, to a beautiful location that is part of it, 100%. Um, mm. But in addition to that, being with a group of like-minded individuals, you know, every single retreat that I've ever been on and helped lead has had this energy and vibe that's been different the group makes it this amazing experience and each mm. group is different the community element is huge and then like i said being with people who are like-minded who are interested in the same things because if you're a yogi very often you know you can see eye to eye on a lot of things you live your life in a similar way you enjoy mm. doing different things experiencing things in a in a similar way you know you're more mm. present maybe the conversations are super in depth. And this isn't just yogis, this is mindful, conscious people, right? People who are, you know, interested in their growth and their transformation just in general. And that's not just a yogi, but very often mm -hmm. yogis are. So I think that's also a draw, it, you know, especially when you're in a somewhat small city and you don't necessarily meet a lot of people in a small city, it's kind of hard to open up those groups, right? If you go away on a retreat with a whole bunch of other people, you 
those people leave friends like they're stay connected it's really cool i have all the people on instagram and i see how they've stayed connected you know reposting like birthdays you know still hanging out still seeing one another still liking each other's photos you have that connection mm -hmm. forever even if you know the person was from calgary and you were from halifax because i see mm -hmm. that it's it's really cool um so i'm a student i this is before COVID or after COVID. I, I, I see the post for, for a retreat. I sign up. What happens from there till I get back to Halifax? Um, well, I mean, you're, you're going to travel by yourself in, in this, any, every instance that we've had, um, mm -hmm. that I've experienced, you travel by yourself to get there, but, but usually there's, you know, some help in trying to figure out the routes and, uh, and where to stay and that sort of thing because it can be kind of can be kind of scary right like we are traveling to central america and you know that's i think central america is where every one of them i have been on has been yeah um mm. some you know some other ones that of the studio that i was working for before were ran in europe and that sort of thing so that that can be a really big deal some of these people that are going on retreats with me it was their first time traveling like that which is really cool like wow. it's really special um so then once you get there uh we usually have a, a little meet and greet the first night learn about people and then just every day it's wake up you know we don't wake up super early we don't like to push Not people and that kind of route no right <laughs> like it's like it's it's your vacation too so um yeah. in my mind and, and different people have different opinions about this but in my mind it's still someone's vacation it might be the only yeah. week the entire year that they have off if they want to get up early the beach mm. is usually right there like you walk down five ten minutes away you can get up and go for like a sunrise swim if you want to right and then you know go have something light to eat yoga you, you have free time, usually. There's like after the first yoga, you can go off until supper time if you want to. Sometimes we include lunch, sometimes we don't. It depends on the destination. Mm -hmm. uh, but usually people hang out. That's the cool thing. So usually you're there with a whole bunch of people and people wander and explore and go to the beaches. And usually we're near a town, uh, mm -hmm. local culture, and then come back, eat again, second yoga, mm -hmm. twice a day, <laughs> and then hang out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, chill. you're right. Because I just remembered now, just came to my mind, a friend of mine actually got the job they love from someone they met at a retreat. So, ah, right. yes. yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Awesome. I just remember that now. So, um, you know, now, I mean, apart from, I guess, there's this whole uh, idea that people have to create uh especially when the first shot that happened um you kind of jumped into it because of a suggestion of someone made but say you know you weren't creating classes and you didn't have people coming to your basement how would you have spent those first few weeks uh, of, of lockdown i'm not sure i am so grateful for this having happened because mm -hmm. everyone you know everyone that took part in that the first few months and you know especially during the three months of lockdown uh they kept saying you know you're my you're my lifeline right now this is the steadiness i need it's the thing i look forward to and i'm like yeah same same <laughs> like this is the only thing keeping me going right now 
Mm. Um, my boyfriend actually works offshore sometimes and he was away when it all happened. He was offshore Newfoundland for the first month and a half of lockdown. So he couldn't come back. Like, did he have to stay on his boat, sheep, whatever? It was pretty stressful. He was on the boat when it first happened. So they're out there. They only have CNN and people calling and they're like, uh, I remember him calling me one day and being like, what? You guys don't have toilet paper? Go fill up the car with gas so you can get out of town if you need to. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as it's sounding out there. But uh, they were, you know, on an oil rig, you can only keep people for so long. They were getting nervous because um, they weren't sure if they're going to be able to bring people back and forth. So they actually <laughs> took them, the guys, the rotation that was on, they took them off, put them in an Airbnb on Newfoundland to to take them off the oil rig so they could put them back on. Um, mm. So this was like, we didn't know when he was coming home at this point. And, and at the time it's like, we don't really know if the world is shutting down. So if he has work, he's going to keep working. <laughs> and uh, So he, he did end up coming home um, shortly after the trip on shore with Newfoundland, but um, mm. it was kind of scary. I was, so I was by myself with my son. Um, mm. And like I said, if I didn't have that, I, I probably would have had a lot harder time with it. But, um, you know, with starting that up and baking a lot of bread like everyone else, I got through. <laughs> and, you know, you just you mentioned your son. How was it for him? Uh, I mean, he's he was good. He ended up staying uh, with us exclusively. So he usually goes back and forth between him and his dad. And we just kind of kept everything a little bit easier. So it was kind of nice because I had him here every day. Otherwise, I would have been alone. So that was also a consideration in that. Um, mm. So we kept each other company. We have a really, really good relationship. So we did mm. lots of basement workouts. And <laughs> I got a trampoline for the backyard because <laughs> we had to isolate too when my boyfriend came home for 14 days. So we didn't leave the house or the yard for 14 days. And that was a lot. The trampoline came in time for that. So that was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So um yeah, let's talk about him for a while. Um <laughs> and I remember a friend of mine was working on a film and said, Oh, there's this kid, you know, you gotta check this kid out. Uh and it turned out it was your son. How did he get into film and how's it been for you and for him so far? Um, he he wasn't an actor, he had never considered acting, never wanted acting. Although he does tell the story that a week before this happened, he said he wanted to be an actor. So I'm not sure. He is very good at manifesting <laughs> things in his life. That is his story. So yeah. he was at his Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu gym um, mm -hmm. doing a class. And the producer and the director of the first short film that he was in showed up there because uh, the producer does Muay Thai, so he's buying some gloves. And the owner of that gym was in film as well. He had been a stuntman. So they were talking and Avery was listening because he's, he's just like that. And he heard them say that they were doing a movie and that they were still looking for a kid. And he goes, what? I want to be in a movie. Can I be in your movie? <laughs> I'd totally be an actor in your movie. So they're like, oh, really? You want to act? And uh, they took him over in the corner and did some, ran some lines with him and just, or did some uh, improv, improv back and forth. And they were kind of impressed with what he was doing, I guess. So they gave him a real audition and we took him in 
they they needed the kid very soon. It was like a week and a half away. So we took him in that week for the audition and he got it. So that was his first short that was called Wild Fire. And that film did amazingly well on the the short film circuit. It mm -hmm. won some awards and um, it was just it's, it's a beautiful film. It's gorgeous. It's it's about uh, a Mi'kmaq boy who is has a younger brother who is Avery um, in a home with an abusive father. So they go running away looking for his mother who is Mi'kmaq's father isn't. Um, and it's, it's a story of them running off and looking for his mother and then meeting up with uh, another boy on the way. And there's some love interest and it's just, it's very, very, um, beautiful and deep and so many things so mm -hmm. it it did really well and uh they ended up getting funding for that film to make the larger version mm -hmm. um so in the meantime when they were doing all that there was another guy working on wildfire who was there with avery and fell in love with him and he was john mann he was um producing or yeah directing and producing i guess the short Popsy by Stephen King. He had applied for it on Stephen King's website. He has this thing called Dollar Babies and you could apply to use his screenplays for $1 and you have the rights for it for a full year. So yeah. John got it and he's from New Brunswick and he wanted to shoot it in New Brunswick and he had originally had a female character as Avery's role. Um, I don't know if you know what Popsy is about, but it's it's about a, a young child gets abducted at a mall by someone who is going to sell the child into i guess slavery um so it's kind of deep too <laughs> everything he's done so far has had kind of very yeah, deep yeah, undertones yeah. there's a trend so, there yeah um and it actually you know i won't tell you the whole story but uh anyway it's it's pretty graphically and violent at the end as well <laughs> he doesn't get hurt <laughs> anyway, so it's it's a very compelling movie as well and did very well also at the film festival. Mm -hmm. We actually got to see that one um, at the film festival as well. So both of them filmed at uh, or showed at the film festival, what was it? Not last fall, but the fall before. Yeah. Um, so we get to go and watch him two shows in one night. And, uh, and then after that, another friend of the original or directors also saw Avery in the wildfire. She was just sort of over at Brett's house and, and saw, you know, he was showing her and she fell in love with Avery and got him to come in for an audition. So he was in three shorts all within like four months, um, which is all very exciting for us. <laughs> and then he, he ended up getting an agent in town and he went on a couple more auditions over the next year, but never got anything else. So we just kind of, you know, left it and, and weren't going to push anything. If he did get any auditions, we were sending him on and we weren't, you know, making any decisions at that point, but just nothing mm -hmm. had really happened in a while. And then uh, a Garrett and Brett called and wanted to see how much Avery had grown because it had been like two years. And uh, he hadn't grown very much, luckily. <laughs> He's small. Uh, and he could still play the younger brother. So they wanted to have him in the larger film, uh, mm. which, you know, he was the only original cast that they, they kept in their, their original role. They did bring the other guys back uh, and gave them another role, which was really cool. But they brought in uh, some other actors from out of province. And uh, with all the COVID restrictions, still were somehow able to film. 
uh, through the summer and we did 30 straight days of filming uh, for a feature film, which is going to be, you know, potentially in the theaters, potentially on who knows what. Yeah. yeah. CBC, CBC had a, a role in, uh, in giving the money for yeah, budgeting funny. it. So I, I think that eventually it'll, you know, end up there and it's really pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. How is it for him though? He loves it. It's, it's, <laughs> he's so good at it. He's so in touch with his emotions. He's very self-aware. He's, he just, he loves being with people. He loves being on set. You know, the, the night that wildfire, the first short wrapped, he was crying because he never, he thought he would never see anyone again. And he was so upset because he was like losing his little family. And, uh, and then this came out of it. So yeah, he's, he just thrives. He thrives on set. Everyone loves him. It's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool to watch from, uh, you know, and, from and, a distance and... as his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, do you go with him on sets? Uh, part of the time. Yeah. I mean, I still was working when, when this was filming. So mm -hmm. uh, myself, his dad, my partner and his, his granddad's actually uh, helped with the travel because it was shot most of it um, in Waverly. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was a bit of a drive every day and he was, you know, shooting 10, 10 hours a day. Sometimes yeah. it was, they were long days. So uh, yeah, I was there for part of it. It was a uh, really pretty cool, like big staff, big sets, uh, really, really impressive. <laughs> do you ever get scared, like, you ever get scared watching him do, do like, like while he's on set? Uh, not scared. I mean, like I just just was mentioning there was a they did a, a big fire shoot one day. They the a truck was set on fire and it was a massive, massive fire. It was really pretty crazy to watch. And they had a whole fire crew there, um, mm. the local file crew there to uh, make sure that nothing went wrong. And that was probably the only time because they were they were pretty close to it, but not too close. <laughs> that was the only time that I was a little bit nervous. Um, yeah. But otherwise, no, they're, they're all really super safe. They had a, you know, a safety person on set all the time. That's mm. required. And, you know, they, they did actually bring in a, a, a family actually of stunt people <laughs> there was a some a brother and his mom was there so we got to meet them and they they did some stunts so there was one point where he had to jump over something and you know it, they put the stunt kid in for him instead so it was it's all good yeah it was uh it was fun and how is it like when you you know when you're there while it's being made versus when you're watching it at a cinema what is sorry what was it what's like, the difference what's the, how do yeah exactly how does it feel like for you seeing it made it's, and watching it on the big screen i remember watching wildfire through the the lens and watching there's so there's someone who's shooting and then there's someone who's doing something else they're the focus person mm -hmm. i think that i don't know the name of them i'm sorry guys yeah, focus but, um, yeah i'm always very impressed yeah, by your easy, work yeah, i don't yeah, know your name yeah. but yeah um looking through the the camera to see what they were doing it was mm. like artwork um the the colors and the way that it ends up coming 
out on the other end. Like, I just remember looking at Abraham being like, his skin looks like porcelain and looking at like the background and just being like, it's like a painting. Like it was just so beautiful. Um, mm. So I don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> they do magic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cinematographers and they worked with wild, wildfire and wild hood. They worked with some of the most amazing, amazing film people like it was just and I, I guess they really are some of the best people and they mm. they uh they did a, a absolutely stunning job like wire wildfire is like a masterpiece just to watch it's beautiful mm. and i can't wait to see wildhood because i'm sure it's it's going to be equally as stunning i'm pretty sure brett brett yeah. makes really personal films and i think you know those are some of the films that stand out when the, the director or writer wants to say something and wants to say something that means a lot to them. And he really did with this film. He really did say a lot like the, the, I, I kept saying that I was re as I was reading through the script and as, you know, as you were meeting the characters and just seeing it played out about how much he had to say in this, it, it's, there's just so many undercurrents and so many layers and levels mm. and, and societal interpretations. And it's, mm. it's really, really beautiful. Um, it's got a lot to say, and I think that's why it's so captivating. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, it's like I'm, I was, you know, I have you here, but I'm just talking about your son. But he's a vital part of you because it's like yes. in your Instagram a lot. Another thing you share is his not skating, snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We how did he get into that? Um, I, I taught him how to snowboard. I think it's been three seasons now. Um, so the first season, I, I learned how to snowboard only in my 30s. Um, but I, I learned from an ex-boyfriend who was a professional border cross racer <laughs> at like almost, almost the Olympic <laughs> level. So yeah. um, he he taught me how to, how to snowboard. And I tend to have a fairly competitive slash aggressive nature when it comes to sports so so i took it up fairly quickly and 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 i i like to i like to go hard when i snowboard it's fun for me um and so i decided to teach avery because i wanted to have someone else to go with and my partner has no interest whatsoever which is fine and so i i took him up the first day and someone at martok was teaching him how to snowboard down the bunny hill and i was watching and and you know I love Martok and I love everyone there, but like she was holding his hands and like letting him go like a foot at a time <laughs> down the hill. And, and I was watching and, you know, he didn't fall once. And, you know, he, I don't think he actually slid down without her holding his hands the entire time. <laughs> so like, okay. And <laughs> this is just my nature and it's, it's how I was raised. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Cause I don't know. Hopefully he's not traumatized by this experience later, but I took him up to the top of the hill and I'm like, we're just going to do this. So oh! <laughs> we went up on the chairlift and, uh, I don't even remember how I got him on the chairlift, to be honest. That's kind of funny. Um, I got him up on the chairlift and we were at the top of the hill and we started. There were some tears. There were lots of falls, mm -hmm. um, but we did it. We got to the bottom and we went up again and again and again. There were more tears <laughs> all first season, tears, but, but he didn't want to stop. So I kept mm. giving him the option. If you want to stop, you can. Um, so we went back the second season and he got better and he started to like it and wanting to go, you know, got a new snowboard, got all snowboard gear for Christmas. And then this season, 
something clicked and the kids like faster than me and better than me now. And it's, (laughs) it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal to watch that happen and to be a part of that. Yeah. And to have that, to have that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's like, you kind of have these two babies, him and, and yoga, especially this new studio. Um, how do you handle all that responsibility? Um, I mean, to me, it feels like less than I was doing before. Uh, you know, I was traveling between three or more studios at any given time, um, teaching, you know, up to five classes a day and 20 classes a week sometimes on top of everything else. So to me now, you know, coming up with one creative class a day, filming it, editing it, posting it, dealing with any, you know, messages or whatever. And then, you know, I feel like I have more time to connect with him now. I feel Mm -hmm. like we have a different relationship now because I'm working from home and I get to be here and around and within reach of him a little bit um, more now, I think. So I I prefer it. Um, I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know how long it'll carry forward. Um, But right now I'm loving it. Mm, okay, that's great. Mm. Uh, Sometimes, and you don't do this often, but every once in a while, you put up like a really personal, really vulnerable post on your Instagram. Well, the caption, not really the photo. Uh, and and one, what prompts you to share things so personal and so vulnerable? And two, does yoga help in any way we like your mental health? Um. Yoga 100% helps with my mental health. I think movement and fitness and breath and and all of that uh, 100% does. But also the um, that 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 original training of looking at yourself and looking at your motivation and your intention and anything and looking at you know the the foundation of why you're moving or why you're doing anything in life is that consciousness, that deeper sort of uh, inward look and reflection is, Mm -hmm. is helpful for my mental health daily. Um, That forgiveness that yoga allows that starting again, that beginner mind, all of that is definitely very helpful for my mental health. Um, So why do I share it? Uh, Probably because someone shared with me, you know, many people shared with me. Uh, that's sort of where it all started. Like at that, that training, that initial training in Hawaii, there would have been 125 students. It was huge. Um, and then many, many assistant teachers. So Baron Baptiste is a pretty big deal or was, or I don't know if he still is. I don't really, I don't teach Baron Baptiste yoga exclusively anymore, but I did for like four years. Um, so it was it was a really big thing and there was a lot of sharing there was a lot of speaking out and you know talking about that and then coily marsh i i um also assisted train assisted her um ytt 200 level at halifax yoga years ago and that's that's her style she has a you know a psychology background and it's often like getting getting underneath and sort of trying to understand motivations whether they're conscious or not um in your life and and just trying to build resilience through acknowledging how much you've been through and how far you've come over and over again um mm. 
taking away your learning and then, you know, leaving the rest and then moving forward. So just that's, that's important to me to then share because I have come so far. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, when I first, when I first left university, uh, went through some stuff. (laughs) So I was pretty heavy into the underground scene in Halifax, um, drug scene, uh, lots and lots of parties (laughs) for like a year straight. And I'm sure there's lots of people in Halifax that say that. <laughs> I feel like our our generation, at least, so a lot of people experienced that, and ended up, you know, coming out of that pregnant <laughs> and with Avery, and and I'm wondering what was next. And yoga was yoga was what saved me from what could have been. Where else that could have taken me, you know, being, you know, single, pregnant, uh, dropped out of university, not really sure what was next. Uh, so I, I started personal training first and then found yoga. And I think that that really turned everything around for me, made me realize what I had to offer. And so if I can then tell someone else that story and have them acknowledge that they could do that same 180 in their life, then that's pretty valuable in my opinion. So that's why I share it. Yeah, hopefully, no. you know, letting someone know that it can turn around. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, you read that and and it's like, is this that person? You know, it's like it's you know something I mentioned earlier on is this evolution. And I was talking about your online training, but like it is also part of your life, right? You know, from back then and this person mm-hmm. years later, it's like you as you said it won't need to so while while you share that it's like oh my god that's you know heavy but it's like look at where i'm at now so mm-hmm. it's 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 aspirational and inspirational at the same time because it's like you can build towards that you know yeah 100 percent. and you know i i also think that it's extremely valuable to recognize our experiences, whether or not, you know, you look back and go, I'd like to relive that because, you know, there was some hard, difficult moments during that time, some, some really upsetting, traumatizing experiences, right, that I look back on. But I also know that those experiences shaped me. And as a yogi, we understand that and we accept, um, embrace, love every part of our life. Uh, every part of ourselves, even our darkness, right? Even that side of us that, you know, still maybe craves or wants or, you know, looks away from or, you know, slacks off or or whatever. We all have those parts Mm -hmm. um, to understand that those are a part of us and that, you know, we don't have to give in to them, but we can also embrace them and understand where they're coming from. And, Mm. you know, usually that need to connect or that maybe desire just to, just to escape, who knows, Mm. right? But we all have those parts of us inside of us. And, you know, even now, I still have that inside of me at times, and I have to sort of consciously choose to go the other way over and over again. Mm. And that's what yoga lends me is that conscious choice. So now Mm. knowing I have the choice. So a lot of people sometimes don't even know what is the other choice, right? So just being more wakeful in your life allows you to recognize all of the choices. Wow. Oh man, it's always great talking to you and this it's great finally having this happen now. So but I'm gonna end with this though. 
Um, say, you know, life opens up, the vaccine, people take it, and, and things is back to normal, whatever normal is. Um, will you still keep the online class going or will you like go back to studios or? I'll keep the online classes going as long as I have students online. <laughs> um, yeah. like I, I love it. I also miss teaching in studio. I do. Um, yeah. I do it once a week at on the mat at 9am for an actual yoga class. And then I do Not it. 6 I, I, no, 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 9am. <laughs> Not too bad. And then I, I teach a strength class actually at, uh, at rebel in Dartmouth at 12 noon on Dartmouth as well, or on Saturday as well. Um, but I do miss it every time I, I, I cry almost every time at Shavasana and on the mat because I'm just so happy to be there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do definitely want to keep the online going as long as there are students there. But uh, the potential of doing some more in-studio classes sounds interesting to me, too. So I don't I don't know. I'm just kind of riding it day by day right now like a lot of us are i think and just mm. trying trying to lean into my yoga because that's not what i'm best at i like to be in control <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. oh my god thank you so much stephanie this is great and i can't wait still while hood is out i know it's being edited now a friend of mine is working on it today might have like a rough cut but oh really Brett, like, I have, yeah. someone came someone came to my class like two weeks ago and she's like oh my god i saw wildhood and i was like what she's like, oh, <laughs> so amazing i'm like what what do you mean do you mean wildfire the short was it a long movie or a short movie and she's like no it was a long one i'm like how did you see that apparently yeah well did, you know like... <laughs> you have friends right you have friends <laughs> no apparently they did like a, a test screening with the ending yeah. or something to like yeah. just random people to see yeah. what they thought or, or maybe people yeah. in the video community i'm not really sure but <laughs> yeah no i'm pretty excited to see it too <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you so much stephanie and i You're really welcome. should have you back soon <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. If anything else exciting happens, then. <laughs> oh man, there's always something exciting happening. Thank you.